Hi guys, I'm Simon, uh, campus pastor at Prem Second Church Plant uh, in Łódź. Uh, our church uh, was planted uh, almost five years ago in 2015. Now we have a team of nine people working all together and serving all together in this city. And our mission um, is to invite everyone uh, to relationship with Jesus, the one who changes everything. And because of that, we want to be present in the city. We want to serve the people in the city, uh, serve the city, and of course, to serve uh, God. This is our new place. We are here uh, not even a year. Uh, before before that, we were meeting in a, in a, in a small theater in Manu, in Manufactura. Uh, I just wanted to uh, say thank you uh, for your uh, continuing support for our church plant here in Łódź and uh, we'll pray uh, that the borders uh, will be open soon and uh, we, are, we want to invite you to come uh, and to see and to uh, work with us to, all together in this, in this city. Please pray for us and uh, take care. Bye. Good morning. Welcome to Shelby Christian Church. Glad you all worshiping here found the new seats after the arrangement. If you're worshiping at home, I want to welcome you guys as well. No need to rearrange furniture or change seats there. You guys are good where you are. But uh, before we get started today, I have a few announcements. One, we need bell ringers for the day after Thanksgiving. There's sign-up sheets back there at the sign-up wall. Um, there's still 16 or 17 spots, so if you guys don't sign up, the staff is going to be there for a long time. So uh, please feel free to uh, sign up back there. There's also still some angels in our angel tree um, in the hallway uh, in that direction. Feel free to grab one of those to help out with that ministry uh, as well. The Together uh, video that we just saw, that's our offering at the end of the year that we take to help fund missions and we're going to have different videos and you'll be hearing more and more about that uh, in the month to come but that's just a, a touch of what we do uh, in different places so if you guys could stand up wave hi to your neighbor and get ready to worship glad to have you here song last week. Let's sing this together. When all I see is a battle, you see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain. And as I walk through the shadow, surrounds me There's nothing to fear For I am safe with you So when I fight I'll fight on my knees With my hands in deny Oh God The battle belongs to you Every fear 
reminders we enter this time uh, after I pray there's communion stations uh, around the room and uh, offering boxes next to them uh, to partake in that but hey I love this time of year um, of Thanksgiving and one of my favorite things since my kids were little in the preschool here and then as I was working with the preschoolers for however many years was their Thanksgiving program where they dressed up and did little songs and poems and stuff for their parents and grandparents and uh, one of them uh, the thankful poem started with, like, goes, I'm thankful for the turkey, I'm thankful for the pie, I'm thankful for the corn and bread and squash I'm going to try. It goes on from there, but I stop at that point because I'm not thankful for squash. And there's no way I'm going to try it. Don't judge me, that's just who I am, right? So, um, But it does get, it gets me thinking every time as I think, man, I'm not thankful for squash, about all the things that I am thankful for. And at this time of communion, it just exponentially makes me think about that, about God who loved me so much that he sent Christ to die on the cross for me and how thankful I am for that, for the hope that we have in him. I did nothing 
to deserve anything. But he did that for me. And for that, we must give thanks. Let's pray. Dear God, you are awesome. And we are so undeserving. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sending Jesus down to suffer on the cross, to die and to rise again so that we have hope in you. Amen. Step down.
Extra hour of sleep is important, I guess, because never mind. Never mind. I'm glad you guys are here. And here, I got to start by saying thank you. 
Thank you. I was hiding in the corner. I was watching. And nobody panicked when you came in this morning. You guys found new seats like you were pros. And uh, so thanks uh, for working with us on that uh, and being so accommodating because we think this is a better feel and it gets us where we want to be for next couple weeks. It'll be over in a couple weeks, I promise. <laughs> See how that goes. All right. Might as well give some hope, right? right? Might as well give some hope. Right. So, hey, and I'm glad you guys that are watching online right now, thanks for joining us because I kind of thought it might be the case. Online kind of blew up uh, some today. And just so you guys know, here we've already had people on from Florida, Texas, Pennsylvania, Illinois, New York, Alabama, Vermont, Indiana, South Carolina, and Kentucky. And, oh, and not, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 it gets better. <laughs> and right now, we have people watching in Germany, Czechia, however you say that, Pakistan, and Sydney, Australia. So I think that's pretty, like, pretty cool. Pretty cool that that's, uh, that that's going on. So man, I'm glad you guys are here today. Let me ask you this question. What are you hoping for most in life today today what, what's your biggest hope that you bring with you today is it a cool thanksgiving week with all eight of you is it a, is it a <laughs> man i'm just getting started too and i'm gonna be in so much trouble <laughs> pat you gotta come get me man you gotta go. um is it christmas i, I mean I'm that guy, I, can I, I'll just be, I'll confess to you guys, I'm that guy that is like the Scrooge about like Christmas lights going up early, and like especially if, you, now I will say, if you beat Halloween, I've really got a problem with that, but I'm like, if you got them up now, cool, man, I'm, I'm, we're probably going to do ours, because that's not the norm, but let's do something fun, uh, I'm cool with that, so is that what you're looking for, is that what you're hoping for? Uh, maybe are you, are, what about a new relationship, a, a solid relationship? What about financial peace? Is that what, what you're hoping for? Some of you are probably just hoping for 2021. I mean, you're, it's, it's 38 days, by the way. I'm not that I'm keeping count or anything like that. All right. So man, you you know, we, so we come into these situations. We come into literally though, every day of life, hoping for something. Uh, this same Sunday last year, a year ago today, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, the, the group that was here, they all came in and sat down in some of the same chairs that were in different places, and they had hope. They had hope, things that they were hoping for, certain situations, because that's just part of life, right? It is to go through life just needing a little bit of hope. And, and so where we are this morning is we are one week away from finishing our 52-week journey through the gospel of Luke. So if you've got your Bible, open to Luke 24. It's the last it's the last chapter. If you're still doing like I am and you're using one of these Bibles that we got for everybody a year ago uh, that is just the Gospel of Luke, you, it's easy. Just go to the back and work your way backwards because we're almost there, all right? And we've been doing all that. And, and in, in Luke 24, we see the best day ever. 
the best day ever. Which closely followed the worst day ever. I mean, the people that are here that we're going to read about today, they had just watched their hope die on a cross. And so for the followers of Jesus, for many of the followers of Jesus, in that moment, in that instance, their hope was gone. And so here's what I'm going to need you to do for at least a few moments this morning. I need you to go, I need you to un-Paul Harvey yourself. I need you to forget that you know the rest of the story, all right? Because it's really hard to grasp what was really going on here if you're going into it knowing, yeah, I know how this ends. You know, if you've seen the spoiler alert, if you know. So I need to, the best of your ability, kind of like, you know, do the men in black thing and erase, you know, the fact that you know the rest of the story for just a few moments, Okay. For just a few moments, I need you to do that, all right? Because these people on this day, their hope is gone. Jesus had been crucified, taken off a cross, and buried. And with that, their hope went with him. It it, it was the saddest moment in history. Jesus had been crucified, not just killed. He'd been crucified in one of the most heinous, cruel executions of all time. He was, he was found innocent of all the charges against him, and yet he was nailed to a cross in front of a mocking crowd. But that shouldn't have surprised the people either. Isaiah had told them 700 years before Jesus ever came to earth in human form, Isaiah had told them this is what was going to happen. Listen to these verses from different places in the book of Isaiah. First he said, but many were amazed when they saw him. His, fi- his face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would have scarcely known that he was a man. Isaiah also said he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with deepest grief. And we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. And then finally, Isaiah said this. He was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. That's what has just happened. And so if you, in your un-Paul Harvey mindset of not knowing the rest of the story, you need to understand that this morning that we're reading about, this morning, hope was missing. Hope was missing for these people, these first people that we're going to read about. Have you ever been at a place in your life? I know probably all of us have been. And so let me rephrase it. I want you to think about a time in your life, a place in your life, where in your mind what you were thinking was, it can't get any worse. It it just can't. There's no way that my life can get any worse than it is right now. See, that's kind of what's going on this day. It was the third day. That's what the scripture talks about. On the third day. On the third day after Jesus had died, some ladies who loved him dearly had gone to the tomb to take care of his body. Now, it was called the third day because it was really, we talk about Jesus being in the grave for three days. He was really there less than 48 hours in actual time. But the way that the Jewish counted their days, he was buried on Friday, killed and buried on Friday, day one. 
He was in there all day Saturday because it was the Sabbath and nothing could happen day two. And in the early morning hours of Sunday, everything changed, day three, okay? And that's why we, we talk about it as the, as the third day. But the, so these ladies, and it's, it says it's early in the morning. So they headed to the tomb, already distraught because Jesus in whom they put their hope had been killed. It just can't get any worse. But then they get to the tomb and, and, and the stone is mysteriously rolled away and they peek inside, they look inside and Jesus' body is gone and things just got worse. Because they don't know what to think. What's going on here? Let's look at our text. Look at verse 1 in chapter 24. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, so that tells me it's probably still a little bit dark. It's kind of like for those of us that maybe are hunters that are here today, you know, going out in the woods, it's still a little bit dark. They're going up there to do this because they had to wait for the Sabbath to pass, but it's early in the morning and they're distraught and the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb and they found the stone was already rolled rolled away but when they entered they did not find the body of the lord jesus and while they were wondering about this suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them see to be able to appreciate this moment and and the utter confusion and horror to be able to appreciate it we have to unpaul harvey ourselves we can't remember the rest of the story because we can't, if we do if we just think about that we're just thinking why are they so upset now, you got to put yourself in the, I don't know what is really going on here moment. See, they were depressed. They were exhausted. They were mourning. They had no hope. According to Mark, they were, they were even fretting over how they were going to get the tomb open. How they were going to get the stone mold away. Stone rolled away. And, and although he had told them, Jesus had told them. I mean, because we know the rest of the story, right? Jesus had told them that he was going to rise again. They weren't thinking about that. Because they're still in grief, and they're upset, and they're distraught. All they knew was the body was gone, just to help you imagine it. Imagine you leave here today, and on your way home, you go by the cemetery to pay respect and to remember your loved one. And you get there... And there's just an empty hole in the ground. That's what's going on in, in, in these ladies' minds. They were so confused. We would be too. Apparently they assumed Jesus' body had been stolen. It's kind of ironic that if you took time to read the other gospel accounts writers talks about when when they came back to uh to herod and and asked for permission to bury his body in a, in a tomb and he said okay fine but he said put the stone in front of it and put soldiers there because get this because here's a herod was so afraid that the disciples would come back and steal jesus body and take it away that he didn't want people thinking that maybe somehow jesus was really raised from the dead like you see and so i found the irony this jesus uh, herod remembered more of jesus prophecy than these ladies did because <laughs> herod's thinking oh they'll believe that it's a resurrection we don't want to even believe in that so you guys stand in front of the tomb, make sure nobody steals the body and the ladies didn't in that moment even remember that and the tomb didn't erase their hopelessness it actually increased it it actually increased their hopelessness who's taking the body 
Who's messing with us? That's our Lord. Who's doing? They had no answers. <laughs> and on top of their hopeless horror, there's these two dudes that are glowing in the dark sitting inside the tomb. <laughs> What's up with that? And so verse 5 says, In their fright the women bowed down their faces to the ground. They couldn't even stand to look. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still alive with you in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hand of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? And then they remembered his words. Matthew and Matthew and uh, John in their gospel accounts actually tell us that these two men were angels. These two men were angels that were there. And, and But the, here's what's really... If you look at that, these guys don't as much encourage them as they almost lightly rebuke them. What, what are you doing? Chuck Swindoll wrote, he said, The angel's uh, rhetorical question suggests the women should have known better than to look for Jesus in the tomb, or at least should not be so perplexed and confused. See the terminology there in those verses that said, He is risen. I'll give you a little, real little snip of Greek because it helps us to understand it. The Greek language in which this is written is that, that word there, he is risen, or that, that phrase, he is, that's a passive verb. That means it's already happened. In, in fact, it's most likely what they would call a divine passive, meaning that God caused something to happen. God has already caused something to happen. God caused Jesus to raise from the dead. He, he's not here. And, and, and then, but look what they, they said to him. Said, Look at verse 6. It says, remember how he told you. Now, let me make sure you get this. He's not asking them a question. He's not saying, remember how he told you? No, he's making a statement. He's saying, remember how he told you that he was going to do this, that he would be back. And then I love verse 8. If you're an underliner or a highlighter, verse 8 is one you want to underline. All right. Verse eight is, is powerful. Look at verse eight. It's simple words, but it's powerful. And then they remembered his words. Then they remembered his words. Talk about a seismic shift in the heart. Because instantly they went from mourning to dancing because there's a glimmer of hope now. They all because they remembered his words. Remember, David wrote in the, in the Old Testament, the book of Psalms, he says, your words have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. What David was saying, so the, when the world comes tumbling down around me, when things aren't making sense, when I'm confused, I'm going to hide your words in my heart so that I won't doubt, so that I won't worry, so that I won't be confused. And, and one of the things that we struggle with the most in life is we don't remember his words. Oftentimes we feel hopeless because we don't know the word of God because we haven't hidden it in our heart. And guys, you got to understand, when we're feeling hopeless, all the hope we need has already been revealed in the words of Scripture from the King of Hope. We just got to know his words so that we can remember his words because psychologists might differ i don't think so i think i'm pretty accurate in this you can't remember something you never do you get it you can't remember something you never knew and if you're going to be in one of these moments when your hope is missing 
You need to be able to remember what you already know because you'd hidden it in your heart. And with this, with this renewed hope, oh man, <laughs> now, now start imagining. I told you to Paul Harvey, and now start imagining it. Now imagine you're one of those ladies. You just remembered the words. You just remembered. And with this renewed hope, they run back to find the disciples, the guys. Guys, let me talk to you because here there's a, there's a, there's an interesting lesson here. You know, it's early morning hours and who showed up at the tomb? See, they had to run back and wake the dudes up. Ladies were the ones that cared. And they went running back because the guys are still hiding. This has been a few days since, since they challenged them about knowing Jesus. So they go running back to find the men who were still scared and still hiding, who were still probably asleep while the women were up early to take care of the body of Jesus. The men who didn't believe what they were saying because it didn't make any sense to them all. None of them believed them. Oh, except one. Luke says that this one dude, his name was Peter. He jumped up and took off running. Now, in John's version of the gospel, John actually reminds us that he went too. In fact, John kind of brags for a minute. He says, I actually beat Peter to the tomb. But Peter, John was afraid to go in. Peter went running straight in. Why do you think that was? Peter had just denied him three days earlier. If anybody wanted to see Jesus alive, well, and walking, it was Peter. And when there was just a glimmer of hope that these ladies gave, Peter is, boom, I'm out of here. i got to go find out. And he goes running in because Peter's missing hope had been replaced with a renewed hope. Can you imagine? Man, my heart's kind of racing thinking about it. Can you imagine knowing that you just denied him and now he's alive? Maybe, maybe, just maybe you're going to get another chance. And now this renewed hope is actually revealed. Look back in your text. Go down to verse 13. See, here's something we got to understand. When they went running to find him, See, they still didn't know. Peter still hadn't seen him. Thomas later would even struggle more because he wasn't there to actually touch him. But, but searching for hope is a prelude to receiving hope. Looking for answers is a prelude to finding answers. When tragedy threatens or strikes or one needs to reach out to God who is, who is greater than our present situation, the beauty of God's missing hope is that it's always waiting to be revealed and so now there's a couple guys that are going home discouraged look at verse 13 that same day there were two of them who were going to a village called Emmaus it was about seven miles from Jerusalem they they were walking they were talking with each other about everything that just happened see these two guys these two guys that we don't know their names these two guys they'd been in Jerusalem they'd been the Passover and had stumbled on to an amazing week but it finished with the horror of his crucifixion. It wasn't what they had planned for their week away in Jerusalem. Have you ever come out of a week and it didn't go the way you planned it? <laughs> You're trying to figure it out. And so these guys are just walking down the road and they're talking. So after that week, after, after that week in Jerusalem, 
they're, yeah, they're talking about what they had just seen. Can you imagine that conversation? And can you imagine how the, the points that they were talking about in that conversation? I, I'm sure they start off, man, man, you remember what it was like a week ago today? Because you know it's Sunday now. And they're going, man, you remember last Sunday? Can you remember last Sunday? You remember last Sunday when he came riding into the city on a donkey? And this place was going nuts. I mean, people are taking their coats off and throwing them on the ground. And remember, and I go, yeah, you remember that dude that climbed up and started cutting leaves out of the tree and we started throwing them. And they're just going through all that. Man, remember last Sunday? It was so cool. And then the other one goes, oh, yeah. And then Monday, Monday was so cool, man. He went in the temple and he started turning over the tables and he just made, he just made the mess of the money changers cool was that you know and they're sharing they're like guys they're sharing their story and then, and then we got to hear him teach and that was all cool and then there was probably this awkward silent moment and one of them said yeah but what what a jerk judas was i mean they're human what a jerk can you believe he 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 betrayed jesus can you believe he turned him over? And, and then in their humanness, there would have probably been a moment maybe where they said, I'm glad he's dead. Because that would have been the human instinct. Can't believe he did that. And then they would have talked about the, the mockery of a trial and the cruelty of the crucifixion. And, 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 then, they said, and, and then the news that they had heard is they were leaving town that these women are saying, we can't find him. How many times... Probably can't count, so I'll just say this. Do you remember a time that you've gone home from work, from a meeting, from a ball game, discouraged? Remember that journey home? And, and it's just the longest drive of your life? So that's these two guys. They're going back to Emmaus. And, and then suddenly they're joined on this journey. Look at verse 15. It says, as they talked and discussed all these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? So here's these two discouraged guys. They're, they're traveling. All of a sudden they're joined by this biblical hitchhiker. That just shows up on the scene. Now, that wouldn't have been that unusual in that day because walking along alone wasn't really safe. I mean, we know the story of, of people being robbed uh, on, on journeys in Bible times. So just the fact that somebody, can, hey, can I go with you or whatever, that would have been normal. But suddenly, suddenly, understand it, suddenly these guys are in the presence of Jesus, but they didn't recognize it. I, I read that over and over again this week, and I thought, I wonder how many times... That I felt alone or that you felt alone and hopeless without realizing that we were in the presence of Jesus. Because God's word tells us that he's omnipresent. He's always there. But we get in those moments and we feel all alone. And and so the conversation begins with this new guy walking up. What's up? (laughs) That's my translation. But anyway, they can't believe he doesn't know. Like... Where you been, man? You've been paying any attention? You don't know what's been going on? And they start talking about it. You see, here's what's going on. Jesus walks into their everyday, 
ordinary, normal life and begins teaching them about what's going on in their life. And that's what he wants to do for us. He wants to come into our everyday normal life and teach us through that. I think it's interesting that from their perspective, from these two guys' perspective, as they're telling Jesus what happened to Jesus, that's funny in and of itself, but as they're telling Jesus what happened to him, from their perspective, it wasn't Pilate and Herod that they blamed for killing him. It was the chief priest and rulers of the law that they blamed for killing him. And then they, they dropped the bombshell on him. They say, and ain't, you're not going to believe it, right before we left this morning, these ladies came and told us that the body wasn't there and they think he's alive. And they still don't even recognize who they're saying that to. All right? You've got to find at least a little humor in that. Right? And, and so Jesus is like, oh, wow. Can you he's just playing it off. Really? Wow. That's amazing. I, I wonder how many times that the answer to your most difficult situation is right in front of you and you don't even realize it and then he breaks the silence this this mysterious hitchhiker breaks the silence and he starts talking to him look at verse 25 in your bibles he says how foolish are you and how slow to believe all the, that the prophets have spoken. Did not, re, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all of the scriptures concerning himself. Look what Jesus said. He said, are you serious? Weren't you listening at Jewish Sabbath school all those years? The prophets told you this stuff. And then he gives them a complete biblical rewind. Imagine that. Imagine you're walking the road to Emmaus being taught by the master teacher himself for two or three hours. That's how long it would take to walk seven miles. You're walking and he's walking and talking right beside you. And then the best part. You ready for this? This is so cool. They get to Emmaus. And apparently, these men were so intrigued with the teaching and the conversation that they invite this mysterious hitchhiker that they've only known for a couple hours to come eat with them and spend the night at their house. Not sure how that went over with the missus when they told them, hey, honey, we got guests. But they invite him to stay, and then there's the moment. They're sitting around a table getting ready to share this meal. Stay with me. This is the first time Jesus sat down at a table since Thursday night. Remember Thursday night? It's the first time he sat down at a table since then. And suddenly he picks up the bread. And the Bible says he took it, he broke it, he blessed it, and he gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were opened and hope was revealed. Do you get that? In that moment, hope was revealed. Can you imagine the celebration in that moment? It's that, aha, oh my goodness, hope is in the house kind of moment. And then he disappeared. What? How are you playing that on us? How are you playing that on us? But get this. He disappeared from their eyes, but this time not from their hearts. 
This time they knew. And they went and told everyone else. Because here's the deal. When you find hope, what else are you going to do except tell everybody? You see, if you're amazed... You can't help but tell people. Do you see what just happened in the twinkling of an eye? We went from the last supper to the first meal of hope. As Jesus broke bread and said, let's go. Let's do this. Guys, the bottom line is even in our most hopeless moments, God's working all things out. Because he's a good God. He's a good God. See, that's what the Bible tells us. He's a good God. And the Bible tells us that 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 good God is going to work all things out for our good. But for Him to be able to work all things out for our good means that there's going to be some moments that aren't so good, right? Because that's part of what Jesus taught. He said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world and I'm going to work things out. I'm going to work things out. 2020 has been an unbelievable year. It's been a crazy year. The rules keep changing, catching us off guard. But I need you to understand something. I can't let you leave here today not understanding this. I don't believe with any ounce in this big body, I don't believe that there's any way that God caused anything that has happened in 2020. He didn't cause it, but there's not a single moment of it that caught him off guard. We live in a fallen, broken world and all the stuff that's gone on this year, all the stuff that still goes on that divides us over health, that divides us over race, that divides us over politics, all that stuff comes straight from the pits of hell, not from heaven. But none of it catches heaven off guard. And he's working all things out for our good. In the midst of the greatest storms in our life, Jesus is the hope that we hold on to. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews said, and then I'm done. He said, we have this hope as an anchor. An anchor. Get an anchor? An anchor for the soul for firm and, that's firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf and become our high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Because that, we have hope. 2020. Wow. But listen to me. 2020 has actually been a little less crazy because of what happened two millenniums ago when God became flesh and moved into the neighborhood and came back to life to give us hope. Can you even imagine going through 2020 with Jesus? Can you even imagine going through 2020 without Jesus and yet I know some of you are I know the majority of the world is because they've never accepted the hope that's in Jesus in his life, in his death and most importantly in his resurrection Jesus proved he is the king of hope even when things seem the darkest His light shines the brightest. Would you guys stand with me? All week long, I've been praying this for this moment right now. For this moment right now. As as Ethan leads us. And we're going to sing one more time about that living hope.
And I've been praying all week that when we got to this moment in this service and the other services, that the majority of you would sing this song like you've never sung this song before. That you would sing of a living hope and His name is Jesus. And I've been praying all week that for people that were here and people that are online watching right now that didn't have that hope, that they would find that hope today. They would accept that hope today. So if you're watching online, type something in the comment bar that lets us know to contact you. Call our prayer line that lets us know to contact you because we want to tell you about the living hope. But I want us to worship right now like we haven't worshipped all day, okay? And let's talk about, let's sing about, let's worship our living hope. Let's do that together. The morning that sealed the promise, your very body began to breathe out of the silence. The roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Then came the Jason and I will be around. Bradley's back here. We got staff people around. We'd love to talk to you about that. Hey, we're gonna. It's time to go to war. And here's how we're gonna go to war the first time or the next time. All right. Tomorrow we have as a church taken on the fourth Monday of every month as our day of unceasing prayer with other churches in the community taking other days. But the fourth Monday of the month is our day, so that's tomorrow. So those of you who have signed up to be on that prayer team, you've got an email from me on Friday reminding you 
video about that that's got some prayer guides to it. If you want to join us in that, just pick a 30-minute spot tomorrow and start praying wherever you are. Uh, you just, just pick that time and start praying because we've already got more than enough for a day and we're going to try to sign up enough to where we can just say, hey, we got two days. I'd love it if we just say, oh, we got the month. We got it covered. All right, but here for right now, we're starting a day, um, a day at a time, 30-minute slots. And anybody, did anybody do that last month? How many people? Anybody feel like that uh, you ran out of time? <laughs> Everybody was worried, ah, 30 minutes, I don't know if I knew that. And all I'm getting is, man, 32, 30 minutes is too short. <laughs> it's going by too fast. All right? So here's the deal. If you didn't get one of those emails, on that table right underneath the cross over there, there's some prayer guides uh, that will help you pray that tomorrow. And then hook up with us, uh, send us an email, text, and we'll get you connected for a specific time uh, next month. Okay? Uh, remember all the things Dennis said. If this is your first time here, man, we are so glad that you came. So glad that, because it wasn't hard for you to find a new seat if it's your first time. This didn't freak you out at all. This is all you know. So you had it easy today compared to people that are like figuring all the new stuff out. But we got a gift for you if you're a first timer. Uh, there's a big orange wall in the lobby that says, I'm new, and big letters stop out there. Uh, we got a gift for you. If you've been here a while and you're trying to figure out what's my next step, what do I need to do next? Through that door right there, or even out in the lobby, there's a big opening to the next step room that's right back there. And we got some, we got a team of people out there that love to help you figure out the next step. All right? Man, guys, happy Thanksgiving. Have an awesome week. Let's go change the world. We'll see you next next Sunday.